Yes, I know that we're venting, Whizbiz. How is this my fault? Well, how was I supposed to know that pressurizing a sphere with wizard romance energy would crack the hull? Okay, fair point. Look, we can point talons later. Right now, we need to patch this crack and repressurize the sphere with some more wizard relationship energy before something out there notices. So open up that beakeroonie and let's get this podcast started, Cupid. That's my boy. Well met, listener. You have returned once more to that most exquisite of delights, that most powerful of wonders, the phantasmagoria of pleasure that is wizard dating. Here on Wizard Seeking Wizard. Hello, you must be looking for love. This is Wizard Seeking Wizard. Still loving that song. Welcome to our second episode. I am Chemistro, the Matchmage, and I will be your host once again. When we covered Wizard Romance, the energies unleashed were a bit too much for my crystal prison to handle. And now there is a bit of a giant, awful crack in the sphere. And while some people say that I should have seen this coming, I say that hindsight is 2020. Sometimes more if you've sprung for that sorcery that grows eyes on the back of your head. But, uh, I didn't. <clears throat> so, listener, this week we aren't going to risk any more cracks from too much love energy, and are instead going to focus on love's cool older brother with a leather jacket and too much puberty. I speak, of course, of rivalry. There comes a time in every wizard's life when their disciple usurps them and imprisons them in a giant crystal between worlds. But if you don't have a disciple, or for some reason they like you, as incredible as that sounds, or if perhaps you manage to get the drop on them due to a timely warning from your familiar, to pick a random analogy that has no bearing on anyone here, no wizard's life is complete without someone to shake their fist at and curse under their breath, to blame for all their problems and plot to destroy. So, today I'll be helping the wizards out there who sent in their ads to find themselves a rival. And if one of them ends up trapped in a crystal sphere of their own, maybe we can be pen pals. Sorry, hawk pals. But I'm sure that won't happen, listeners. And if it did, they've all signed liability waivers. What? They didn't? Oh no. They were supposed to... Oh no. Well, let's burn that bridge when we come to it. In any case, our first personal comes to us from the towering stacks of the Library of the College of Natural Truths. This ad was almost too shy to enter the sphere. But I coaxed it in with some warm tea and a couple of cookies. It's all right. Why don't you come here and tell everyone about Idrabov the Meek? Is this on?
Is it on? I think it's on. Aha! Okay, uh, nope, no, no, no. Fuel better not be broken. Oh, get out of there. Ha! Didn't drop you in the moonflower pot. Can't have the recording thingamabob getting dirt in it. Okay, let's try this again. My name is Idrabov the Organized. I am the head librarian for the College of Natural Truths, where I run the most streamlined, easily accessed, and promptly updated academic library in the land. But, my fellow academics, this title runs unchallenged. As the only practitioner of administrative streamlining magics working in any academic institution within reasonable scrying distance, postal service, or ether connection, I run the greatest library without a reasonably sourced claim on that title. I can claim to have the fastest-acting alphabetization spells, the longest-lasting single-page extrapolator, but there's nobody to compare myself with. Consider, if you will, the Library of Doubt. Fantastic philosophical selection, if you can get through the directory, that is. Third floor, post-mortem logistics and all things related. This means that gardening guides are located on the third floor, because gardening is considered an integral part of legal history spells, as they require the conjuring of ghost judges to verify the interpretation of previous case law. The head librarian over there decides to shelf the gardening guides on the third floor, not, as one might expect, on the rather extensive first floor, which includes a full greenhouse and is typically fully stocked with botanists. Or perhaps maybe the Institute of Culinary Practitioners Central Library, wherein half of the shelves will criticize you for your decision to learn about a cuisine without even seeing you touch a book. Nobody deserves to be yelled at for accidentally touching a book on pickling spells. But my library here at the College of Natural Truths is perfectly organized to AT. We have hyper-oscillating teleportation to enable books to be on up to three shelves at one time. Any book you desire which is in our library can be found in under 20 minutes, and I, Idrabov the Organized, run it all. With the might and knowledge of the finest organizational magics in the land, I will... Person. Ah! Here we have Idrabov the Meek, our head librarian. Idrabov, you can drop the cape. Say hello to Vice Provost David Kapst. Idrabov. Hello? Idrabov's very talkative, as you can tell. My apologies for the plants. They tend to bring their hobbies into the office. Plants make the streamlining magic work better. The additional life energy gives it a better range. With the added benefit of making it very hard for your superiors to find you in the office. We have a department meeting at the end of the week. Please do not accidentally schedule something during it again. But you see, when I am left to my own devices, and not being stifled by department policies and whatnot, I am the finest practitioner of academic magic in the land. And I wish to earn this title properly. While memorization spells and good luck charms for tests are commonplace across the campus, there is no other practitioner of administrative streamlining magics who might challenge me. I desire a competitor. I seek... First and foremost, some person who might challenge me in organization. I will organize my library. You will organize yours. We shall rise to each other's challenge. You might organize along a directory, so I might counter with a path which follows human instinct. We shall compare office plans, return receipts. I do believe that I have the most magnificent return rates amongst any library. 
We might seek to one-up each other with our library selections. You have a good selection of natural engineering texts, perhaps. I might acquire some bridge construction guides. And together, we will push ourselves to produce finer libraries than have ever... Oh, foot traffic! Ah! Quickly! Okay. Wizard of Administrator Streamlining Magic. Seeking rival librarian to challenge my organizational skills. Magic preferred. Great organizational skills capable of rivaling magic also considered. Contact Idrabov the Organized, not the Meek, at the College of Natural Truths, Office 4062. If you want to get me out of the office, that would probably be good as well. I am happy to discuss botanical natures outside of organizational schemes, but I must run deep into my office lest this person find me. Please consult the directory before bothering the head librarian. Idrabov, you might want to up your confidence a bit. Maybe eat the heart of a dragon to gain its courage. Or take some assertiveness classes. Up to you, really. In any case, I hope you find your organizational match, constantly snatching each other's books to refile, creating an unholy mess of reference that would drive a wizard mad just to contemplate. Really, really make something beautiful together. You know? <clears throat> Our next wizard is looking for a do-gooder to torment a nemesis to thwart, and a hate partner to inspire her to be her worst self. Please, kneel in fear before the terror that is Flora Bunnyhop. Wait, what? That can't be right. Hi, I'm Flora Bunnyhop. I've never done a personal ad, so this is all new. My pronouns are they, them, and I'm a bunny hop of the Doom Bunny Hops, D-O-O-M-E. That's the village where we have always lived and the seat of our power. I live in the little cottage of Doom, and my parents live in the big cottage of Doom. I really, really want a rival. I'm actually looking for a nemesis, someone who will loathe and despise me and really help me push up to the next level. I've been trying to be a bad wizard for a while. My family, I don't know if you've heard of us, but if you have, you probably know we're associated with all things cute. I mean, our name is Bunny Hop. It's so disgusting. I... My entire life, no one has understood me. People in Doom just don't get it. The bunny hops are not a bad family. Everything, everything we do is cute. My great-great-grandsire allegedly overthrew a dictator by turning his steed into a toy poodle. I told my family that when I was ready to move out on my own, I wanted a house on chicken feet because I'd heard of other witches doing that and it being like really bad and cool and scary. And instead I got a cottage that has chicks. It has chicks. There, there's like a whole porch supported by fuzzy yellow chicks and they have eyes that blink and sparkle. I can't really explain how disgustingly adorable this is. And yes, of course, I think it's adorable. I'm not immune to adorability. I just know there's more to life. And I tried to go with a heavy metal aesthetic, 
a goth sort of sensibility. But nobody in Doom likes the color black, so there is no black decor, and all I could do was purple, which means that I live in a cottage supported by fuzzy yellow chicks with purple shutters. So that's about where I'm at right now. Um, but I am looking for someone to help me change that. Look, all the cool witches and wizards have nemeses. They have someone who they despise and loathe and does bad things to them and they do bad things back and then they do even better things that are badder and they're super cool and I want to be that and I bet you want to be that too and I'm here to help you but not help you because I hate you and I love to hate you and you hate me. This is going to be awesome. If you agree, let me know. Please take me seriously. I promise I'm actually going to do bad things. I'm definitely not going to do like pulling rabbits out of hats and then frolicking with them or having a tea party or I don't know where those ideas came from. Just strike that from the record. That's not going to happen. I'm going to do something super bad. Just wait. You will see. Are you ready to do this? Let's do this. Ah, Flora. It can be difficult to strike out against your family. Smoochulon. You remember my old student? The one who trapped me in here? Smoochulon the Smug? Well, he wasn't always Smoochulon the Smug. No. Once, before his heart grew withered and twisted, he was just simple. Smoochulon Spalding, son of farmers. I met him one day when I was out adjusting the flow of the love lines. I remember he was trying to figure out how to get two chickens to kiss. I saw something in him that day, and I took him under my wing. He was always a good lad, bright and curious, always eager to learn and help. If Smoochulon can go from that earnest, overall-wearing simp to the backstabbing bastard that trapped me in here and stole my tower, then I'm sure you can turn from your adorable family to an abominable monster. Anyone can. Anyone at all. Now, uh, last time, we asked you to pick two wizards to go on a date. You picked Hyacinth Howell and Turpin Muldoon. They met up and went to an aquarium. I asked them to send a telepathic imprint of what they thought about how it went. Let's listen and see if we made a love connection or a smooch disaster. So, uh, first off, um, thanks uh, for sending me on that date, uh, putting me together with uh, Hyacinth there. Um, it was a, a really, really nice, nice time. Um, My friend Henry was uh, the one who helped me pick out clothes for the date. Turpin and I were just planning on going to an aquarium, so I thought I could get away with something a little more casual, but Henry was all like, Nah, you need to dress up more, and... Uh, you need to show off how good you look in a button-down. Boy, I was nervous. I, oh, I was so nervous. You know, I, I've never been one for, um, you know, knowing how to make myself look all, uh, you know, spiffied up or anything like that. I, um, I, I tried to look at some magazines um, last time I was in port about fashion. Uh, they, they may have been a little out of date, though. When I got to the aquarium, it actually didn't take long for me to figure out who Turpin was. 
He had his hair gelled straight back and was wearing some sort of suit. Something way too nice for where we were. You could tell that he was really nervous. Excited, but nervous. We, uh, we went to the aquarium, which, uh, which was pretty nice to be able to see the fish in their natural environments. Well, you know, their habitats anyway, uh, curated by uh, you know, those aquarium wizards. When we got our tickets, the first thing we saw was the Leviathan. I've seen them in books, and normally they're these huge crab monsters that can snatch a ship out of the water with their claw, but the one in the aquarium was just so small. Saw some really cool uh, specimens, and uh, I was able to share some of my uh, seafaring know-how and uh, expertise with Hyacinth. He seemed really interested, which... Uh, which was uh, refreshing, you know, uh, having someone really listen. And Turpin, he started diving into the story of how he faced off against one on one of his adventures. I mean, can you believe that? Actually running into one and surviving it. It, uh, I don't know. It didn't even feel close to real. Like, he was some character in a book. <laughs> I saw a little baby crab leviathan, which uh, was, you know, uh, interesting. They, uh, they got to keep them in a small tank, otherwise they, uh, they start getting bigger. And uh, oh boy, let me tell you, uh, after my uh, trip through the Straits of Madness, I do not want to see another adult crab leviathan. <laughs> I can tell you that much. But what really got me was the fact that Turpin was even more excited about a species called the Curtis fish. He told me that unlike many fish, the Curtis fish males will stay behind to look after their children. He just lit up right then. It was just something I completely didn't expect out of him. And I made the mistake of telling him that. He looked really hurt all of a sudden and I felt so stupid. And I just kept messing up from there. Like when we got trilobite at the cafeteria, we cracked the thing open and this giant gush of juice splashed onto one of the museum workers. Made, made a, a bit of a mess in the aquarium, actually. Uh, I was uh, kind of embarrassed by it. I uh, see we we ordered a trilobite to split and uh, I took the hammer to crack open its shell and, you know, squished a little bit of the, one of its glands or something and squirt some of that uh, garlic butter all over the aquarium attendant. It was, oh boy, it was a mess. Um, but you know, Hyacinth was, he was really sweet. He, he summoned up a bunch of those uh, napkins, you know, to clean up with. I felt so bad uh, that I didn't know any cleaning spells, you know? All I know are summoning spells, so I summoned napkins, but I messed the spell up. Instead of napkins, I summoned a blizzard of oil wipes. But, uh, you know, it's kind of a clumsy, ham-handed uh, guy. So I, I ended up just kind of making a mess worse than it was before. But that's okay, you know, he uh, he seemed to understand. Uh, yeah, but you know, like I said, Hyacinth, real handsome, real handsome guy. And um, you know, he looked, he looked great. We left after that. Turpin's idea was that we go to the botanical garden that was close by. I don't know if he knew this when we got there, but there's this bloom happening. I mean, <laughs> what are the chances? The plant was called the Venus Heart Flower, and um, once it blooms, its scent attracts um, the mantis pixies. The mantis pixies mate and then devour their partner, which, like, of course, 
Nothing says, oh hey, perfect first date, like cannibalism. Went on a walk to the botanical gardens after the aquarium and um, you know, I saw some really beautiful flowers in bloom. Uh, you know, the, the, the pixie mantises were uh, flittering about. Um, you know, overall just a, a really nice romantic, uh, romantic date. But Turpin brought up this really cool fun fact. He told me about how the male anglerfish is much smaller than the female of the species, and in order to fertilize their mate, will bite and fuse into the female until it becomes a limp appendage, like uh, a skin tag. And Turpin said, they're the anglerfish of the land, that's what they are. And I don't know why, but I found that really, really funny right then. So yeah, I mean, am I going to see him again? I'd, I'd, I'd love to, you know? And actually, we, we, we kind of, we do we are, I mean, we kind of already made plans. Um, um, Turpin walked me home after. Uh, he's going to drop by the bookstore, I think. You know, he works in a bookstore, so I dropped him off, and uh, he was asking me about what kind of stuff I like to read, and, uh, you know, again, just real real attentive, real um, real interested in, in, in me, uh, which was which was really, really nice. And um, so I told him, you know, kind of what kind of stuff I like to read, and he actually said he had just a couple books in mind and said he would set them aside for me, actually. I, I have a book waiting for him whenever he shows up. It's uh, actually a romance novel. He said he wanted to read more of those. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm definitely gonna uh, stop by again. I'll stop by and, uh, you know, pick up those books for one, but, you know, hopefully we can, you know, pick up Hyacinth and, you know, maybe take him out to lunch, you know? Um, I don't know if he wants to go on a second date with me after everything that happened, but... Maybe something a little less messy than, uh, than Trilobite. <laughs> we'll, uh, <laughs> maybe we can uh, get some land food this time, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. I'd like to go on another one, I think. Yeah, I'd like that. Yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I, just, I had a great time. I had a great time, and um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm really excited. I'm, it felt really, really good, you know? I'm glad that it went so well slash poorly delete as appropriate. Here's to many more slash there's plenty of other whiz fishes in the infinite sea delete as appropriate. You know, I think this might be a perfect time to check my copy editing. Uh, Cupid, let's take a quick break. My name is Gebetto Funkin, one shoe stumble, knackle timber shivers, at your service. I'm looking for some friends of mine. The many pennies? The many pennies. Them. I know we've been really busy, but I think that all we need to do is just tackle the next thing on this 24 item to-do list and we'll be fine. Someone bring me some food. Also, my flask is empty. I need a refill. Nobody panic. I may have lost several scorpions. I said nobody panic. Check out this new skin patch on my cloak, guys. Guys? You know, I might be looking for someone else. I don't blame you. Adventure Incorporated, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition actual play adventure podcast. New episodes every Monday. Find us at AdventureIncPod.com. Welcome back. Now is the time on our show when I demonstrate the spell of the week. I had planned a spell that was a little more fun, but now that we've repressurized a bit, I, I think I need to seal my giant crack. 
Well, I don't want my crack gaping into the void. Maybe eventually we can use my crack to escape, but we can't just crawl out of our crack hole. And if we don't seal this soon, we're going to suffocate. So, for now, we need a big batch of wizard glue. And for that, we need the alchemy lab. To the lab! <laughs> ah, the sweet scent of reagents. <coughs> sweet and acrid. Sweet and <coughs> acrid. <coughs> oh, I shouldn't have done that. Oh. Let's get our workspace set up. You'll want to use an Orahalcum Crucible over an organic flame. Uh, Cupid, will you do the honors? Now, you'll need to add fresh frog mucus as a base. Technically, you can use almost any frog, but in order to get the mucus in the quantity you'll need, I recommend a clog frog. And one of these babies is threatened. They can produce enough mucus to glue together a flock of geese. Now, you have to be extra gentle as you scrape your frog. The slightest fright will result in a torrent of mucus. And that's why... Why? Uh, uh, oh, no. Well, let's just... Bring this my beard. There. Plenty of mucus for the glue. Now, you'll need to get out your wand. Hopefully yours won't be in a pocket saturated by clog frog mucus. Once the mucus begins to steam, slowly stir the whole thing with as you begin your chance. This is what they saw for you. Ooh, you're spitzing the impossible. No. Ah, Once you see it start to glow a comforting blue, you can leave it to reduce down to about a third of the volume, steering occasionally. When it's ready, you'll have a glue strong enough to seal an atmosphere against the pull of the swirling void that occupies the space between worlds. I hope. While it reduces, and while I take a quick bath, let's listen to our next personal ad. This comes from Impervian the Imprecise. Impervian specializes in conjuration, abjuration, and summoning. A triple threat. He currently has a bounty on his head from the kingdom of Norbertonia. Ah, that's a good opportunity for a future rival to make a bit of cash. Very thoughtful to mention Impervian. I'll let him tell you all about himself. Here, let me set up the crystal ball to play while I go clean up. Hello? Hello? Is this thing recording? Yes, these newfangled sound-trapping crystals, I'm still, uh, getting the hang of them. Anyway, my name is Impervion. That's Impervion like impervious, not like pervy. I didn't... When I chose the name, I 
hadn't really heard it out loud, and then, well, I already had all the business cards printed up, and, you know, life's full of regrets. They call me Impervion the Imprecise. I'm not exactly sure why. Probably just big fans of alliteration, you know? Not a lot of adjectives starting with imp. Also, I summon imps. Sometimes. Charming little creatures. I much prefer them to fairy servants or leprechauns. They're flashier, too. You have to appreciate a little pizzazz. You've probably heard of me. I'm the chief wizard to King Norbert of Norbertonia. Yes, he did rename the country after himself. That pretty much tells you everything you need to know about King Norbert. Whatever he tells me to get done, I get it done. Like, a few weeks ago, we had a problem with a dragon eating all of the sheep in the kingdom. King Norbert asked me for a spell to stop the dragon eating the sheep. So I did a spell to make all of the peasants absolutely delicious. And now, the dragon eats them instead. It's worked out splendidly. I'm very good at my job. Another time, there were these trolls infesting the Marvelous Mountain, which was this big mountain, very famous, brought in a lot of tourism revenue. And King Norbert said, I'm concerned about the trolls on the Marvelous Mountain. Take care of them, will you? So... I climbed the mountain. It was a trying, difficult, perilous climb, but I finally reached the summit, and was granted an audience with the chief of the trolls, and I said to him, The king is concerned about you. He asked me to take care of you. What do you need? It was not a short list, let me tell you. It turns out the trolls had actually been living on the mountain long before humans ever showed up, and, long story short, King Norbert's ancestors had not treated them great. So. Flash forward a few years, and the trolls have representation in the government, sovereignty over their own lands, access to public utilities, and a killer school system. Not my usual modus operandi. I tend to be more about the, uh, blasting. But honestly, I was quite pleased with the outcome. Not sure what King Norbert was so upset about. So that's enough about me. What am I looking for in a rival? Well, the greatest wizards in history have all had equally great nemeses. I consider myself a force for good in the world, despite, you know, literally summoning and binding the forces of Satan. But imps are quality help! Sure, I wish they weren't manifestations of pure hatred and chaos, but they're so cute! They're adorable and efficient. Look at that one! How can you not love that face? The horns, the itty-bitty claws... Sorry, I'm getting carried away. I just love imps. I love imps. Trolls love me, and I help dragons find delicious humans to munch on, but I'm definitely a force for good in the world, and I'm looking for a real force of evil to oppose me. My ideal rival would be someone who everyone hates, but also, they kind of love to hate them. Like, you're happy when you see them show up, but only because you know ultimately I will be there to defeat them. But they're still scary, you know? And with some kind of signature familiar, other than imps, right? Because if we're both using imps, that's just going to look tacky. Let me know if you think you're a good fit. I look forward to meeting you on the Field of Magic. Impervian, I understand all too well the pain of a poorly chosen... Where's my other ducky? When I was in Wizard Scouts, I decided that I would give myself the nickname The Dolphin because of my swimming ability and my natural intellect. I was delighted when the other scouts took up the name. 
I thought that I was the coolest whiz in the biz. Until I found out one day at the dining hall that they all thought that the nickname referred to my then total lack of body hair. I spent the rest of the summer barricaded in my cabin, feverishly researching a spell that would give me the beard that would prove them wrong. I never found that spell, but puberty, the mightiest magic of all, did eventually grant me a hairy face. But no matter how long my beard, I'll never forget the laughter in their eyes as they called me. Give me Stroh the Smooth. I never went back to Wizard Scouts. <whistles> ah, right, right, the show. <clears throat> um, next on the docket is a personal ad that arrived in my sphere via Arrow. Vladka the Victorious is a very successful tyrant. You could do worse, young heroes out there. She is looking for a nemesis worthy of her attention. Now, in order to play this ad, says that I need to fire the arrow into the heart of my worst enemy. Well, hopefully this drawing of smooch along that I pinned to the wall will do. Well, I'm a wizard, not an artist. And I'd like to see you do better. Let me just get out of the tub. And let's draw this. Oh. Oh. Ugh. I can't believe you're actually making me introduce myself. Me, Vladka the Victorious. Who doesn't know who I am? Seriously. Well, anyway, as my name implies, I am the most victorious woman in all the land. When I took over this kingdom, I didn't just usurp the queen and take the throne. Please, I rounded up every member of nobility from that blasted court. And, and that pesky hero. Ooh, now that was a rival. Anyway. Long story short, I rounded them all up, put them in the plaza, and of course, using my natural talent and honed skill of evocation, I made sure every peasant in the land knew I am in charge now, and it was glorious. The reign of Vladka the Victorious shall reign for a thousand years. Honestly, it was kind of fun, but... Well, see, here's the thing about that pesky hero. Ooh, it took so much effort to bring him down. Every time I thought victory was secured, there he was, shining armor, sword in hand, ready to thwart my plans, ready to undermine me. Oh, the battles we had. He knew how to fight, had a banter. Oh, that boy even rivaled my monologuing skills. My monologues! Oh, I was almost sad to burn him to a crisp. Had to be done, of course, but... Well, ever since that fateful day a hundred years ago, I've been so bored. There hasn't been a single peasant uprising 
Which, of course, good for them, they all want to live, whatever, but... A hundred years of my tyranny and not a single uprising? Ugh, it's disgraceful, honestly. I mean, sure, every now and then, some challenger from a far-off land who's the best sword fighter in his village will come and try to overthrow me and blah 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 blah. They're all so bad at it. <sighs> no one has truly challenged me. Brought out the worst and the best in me. I've spent the last 20 years lounging around my castle. Of course, it's my castle, obviously. Filing paperwork and doing nothing but eating bonbons. Don't get me wrong, being ultimate ruler of everything within the kingdom, obviously that's what I deserve, but I just miss having a good old-fashioned rivalry, you know? Someone who will show up when I least expect it. Someone who's ready to thwart my plans, fight me face to face, ready to battle head-on with wits and strength. And so I come to you now. Are you the rival I'm looking for? Look, Vladka, I know how it is after you get out of a long-term relationship. You bum around for a while, you mope, you let your heart heal. Then, when you're finally ready to love, hate, or other again, you put yourself out there. And I respect that you're doing that. But you can't compare every suitor to your ex. I know that they enraged a special place in your heart, but it's not fair to your prospects or to yourself to compare everyone to your old flame. When you do find a new rival, they might never match you in your monologues, but you'll come to hate them for their own reasons, like the way that they blow their nose when you're talking or their endless clever traps, or how they study forbidden magics against your express wishes even though you said you'd teach them one day. Just a minute, Cupid, we're almost done. What do you mean that wasn't you? We're floating in an endless void between worlds. It's not like someone could be outside. Cupid, why is there someone floating out there in a pressure suit? And. Is that a little wizard hat on top of the helmet? Listeners, I need to end the episode for now. It seems I have company. Now, uh, don't forget to head to our Twitter at Wiz4Wiz. That's Wiz, the number four, Wiz. And vote for which wizard goes on a date. I need to figure out how to talk to my visitor here. Oh, he's... Holding up a cue card? What's with the sphere? Where to start? Thank you for listening to Wizard Seeking Wizard. This is a community project made to give people something fun to do during our long isolations. All wizards were written and performed by the person portraying them. In this episode, Brad Colbrook was Idrobov the Meek. Brad also did the sound design for his personal ad, which is why it sounds so good. You can find him on Twitter at holographicva. Julia Rios was Flora Bunnyhop. 
You can find her on Twitter at OMG Julia. Julia also makes a podcast, This Is Why We're Like This, where she and her co-host Jeff watch and unpack a movie from their guest's childhood to explain why they are the way they are. You can find them on Twitter at This Is Why underscore pod. Nathan Comstock was Impervian the Imprecise. You can find him on Twitter at Nathan A. Comstock. He also writes and performs in the audio drama Solutions to Problems, an intergalactic relationship advice show slash sci-fi sitcom. You can find them on Twitter at STP underscore podcast. Leslie Gideon was Vladka the Victorious. You can find Leslie on Twitter at the Leslie Gideon. She is also the creator of The Path Down, a sci-fi audio drama about two college freshmen becoming friends and facing their inner demons. It's a story of grief, privilege, and superpowers, with new episodes every month. Davis Walden was Hyas and Powell. You can find him on Twitter at Davis Walden. He makes the audio drama podcast The Viridian Wilds, about a naturalist with the sight adventuring with fairy creatures. Jared Mason was Turpin Muldoon. You can find him on Twitter at Jared E. Mason and on Instagram at jemason921. Our logo was designed by Julia Benbassat. You can find her on Instagram at t underscore four underscore jbass or on Twitter at art underscore of underscore jbass. Lex Lewis did the transcripts. You can find them on Twitter at SerLexalot. That's S-E-R-L-E-X-A-L-O-T. The theme songs were made by Mess and Finesse Studios of Somerville. You can find them on Twitter at Mess and Finesse. And they're really great. You can hire them. And you should. Special thanks to Eric Tregacer. He knows why. I'm Max Kreisky, and I play Kimistro the Matchmage. I also did all of the sound design, except, again, for the sound design of Idrabov the Meek. Special thanks to Tom Manier for creating that truly awful slurping sound that you heard when Chemistro pulled his wand out of his pocket. Thank you again. We'll see you next time here on Wizard Seeking Wizard. <laughs>